As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, Good morning and welcome (laughs) to episode 9 Six, five of down to dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. Go to theathletic.com backslash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. I am Luke, joined this morning by Andrew. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! Slam through. Taylor. Oh, there's a there's a trial of a certain somebody all over my TVs lately, all over the news, and it got me thinking, do I enjoy making courthouse puns? Guilty. It's my life. Don't you forget. It's my life. In that slam through. And Jay. It's Jay. I don't know that one. What song is that? that? That's well, a, no. uh, Gwen Stefani. I thought song, you were going right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's a cover I, of. Can't remember the original band. I thought you were going to go with Bon Jovi. Yeah, Bon Jovi. It's my life is such a bad yeah, no, I, I I respect you choosing that version, Tayshaun. Uh, Thank you. Looking over at the stream, thanks for joining the stream. Christos, as always, from Greece, thanks for joining. We got Penny joining us before work, I assume. I hope you. I hope everybody makes it to work safely today. We got Bailey in Adelaide, Australia. We have Miyagi in Norman. The winter apocalypse is upon us. It's coming. Ever, it's everyone cold. stay weather aware, please. <laughs> It may sound like Luke is joking. Not joking. I'm not. I'm not. I saw 10, 10 to 15 inches is the last I saw of snow forecasted <laughs> Sunday night and the Monday morning. Jay, you have to stop doing this, man. Every week. God. Where did you see? <laughs> Where did you see those 10 inches? 
<laughs> oh, man. So the Thunder lose to the Lakers twice in a row in overtime. This scrappy Thunder team, it just doesn't matter who's playing. It just doesn't even matter. It could be anybody. It doesn't matter. They're just going to try to win. And they did. They almost won those games. If LeBron doesn't make that three, there, there have been very few shots in the regular season that have made me so nervous. And that was one of them. Like that, when it was in the air, I'm just like, it's just got to go in, right? Uh, <laughs> and it did. And the Lakers pulled it off. The, this is what the Lakers have been doing as of late is that they haven't been crushing people. They've just been only playing for, you know, a quarter of the game and then just still winning. And they, they pulled it off against OKC twice. Yeah, because they went to double overtime with the Pistons right before they played the Thunder. Yes, yes. Well, and LeBron, like, it, I've never seen a clutch shot that felt so casual as I did when he hit that three. <laughs> he just, like, yeah, just walked over to the side. And then he just, like, that play, and <laughs> even the defensive play at the end of overtime, like, he just read it and cut off the pass. And it was, like... LeBron is just I, – I know that nobody wants to get into this conversation. And it's really impossible to even compare. But, dude, he's the greatest athlete I've ever seen in sports. And and I know that the Jordan comparison, but I don't know. It's just watching him play the game is unlike anything I've ever seen in 30 years of watching basketball. Uh, unless you have Lou Dort in your face. Yeah, yeah right. and you're just airballing everything. That that play. I mean, I I said this to somebody yesterday. I think that that clip of Dort, which I, which has been circulated throughout anybody that's ever seen an NBA game, will get him on the all defensive team. <laughs> just that, yeah. just that play. You're so right. And it's and it's not that like that play earned that for him. It's that everybody has seen it now, and then they will watch more of Dort and be like, oh. Of course. Look at how great this guy is at defense. And I think that will at least get him on the All-NBA second team uh, for when, defense. When I was watching that that exact um, defensive play, I thought I would be pumped if I got this as a top shot moment. And it was just him. It yes. was just him guarding and yes. then the air ball. Yes. And that would be a great What would they call it moment? on top shot, though? Because you open it and it's like, you know, it says dunk or layup or whatever. What they do they call, call it? it? Oh, defense called <laughs> defense hands yeah. hands in face moment <laughs> hands or uh, they they'd call it something they they do have i don't know what they'd call it but it would be awesome it would be I, so great i would, be I, would for it. I would that's one that i would just hold on to i would just like to have that yep yep really and well did y'all see uh, go ahead taylor sorry did y'all see kenrich williams was made a uh a 2k made an amethyst I think it was Amethyst version of his player and made him like a 91 rating <laughs> ranking just based on that one game. <laughs> I did not see that. That's awesome. Yes. Because they I'll make special you. cards when players have good games or whatever that you can get in a pack. Oh, They're okay. everyone swinging for it. And so yeah. because Kenrich had Kenrich had his uh, his freaking I, I, for, I already forgot Terrence Ferguson. Kenrich had his Terrence Ferguson night. Oh, <laughs> Against the Lakers in LA. Against the Lakers, twenty-four. <laughs> Amazing game. Yeah, man, Kenrich is good. 
He was super good. He is he is good. Uh and I think that's the thing I was I was just about to say is like this team like although I completely understand that it's not what we should be trying to do is win games. Uh, they just play so hard. It's really easy to root for them, mm-hmm. to pull for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got and even that, you know, the eight players on the floor. Uh, Al Horford has been incredible as of late, which is awesome because maybe somebody wants him. You even saw Nate Jones. I think you maybe tweeted it, Andrew, or somebody did. But mm-hmm. Nate Jones even mentioned, like, who's going to take a runner on or a flyer on uh, Al Horford and immediately improve it. And Boston makes a ton of sense. I know we've mentioned that before, but just because of the cultural fit and that, that trade player exception. And uh, anyway, I just, it's been, it's been enjoyable to watch. And Kendrick is like, I don't know, man, he just does all the stuff that you love. Like in this Oklahoma city historically has been a fan base that has really enjoyed kind of that blue collar basketball guy. The one that just brings, Brings his lunch pail and shows up, <laughs> hustles real hard. He does. Has a mullet or the Dal- a Dallas booty. I was informed that that uh, hairstyle on Twitter is called the Dallas booty. Yeah, well, it was actually a, a thing of debate because then someone else said, what are you talking about? They don't call that no booty. Yeah. And then the guy said, I swear I hear pe- dudes in Dallas call it a booty. So I decided it's called a Dallas booty, though. I think he calls it a shag. Well, it's a, oh, it's a you know, That's it's debatable. He- Dallas booty. Well, that's what he calls it. So he okay, is a Dallas plus. Booty. He is a plus sixteen um, differential. It's the highest on the team. Kenrich Williams. Oh, for the season. No, there's nobody even close. Yes, on the season. Uh, Al Horford's a plus six point seven. Justin Jackson's a plus six. I think just benefiting from playing with Kenrich. Uh, Doris, Absolutely. Doris plus five. Mike's plus four. George Hill's plus four. And that's the only positives. On the team, Shea's a minus one, Hami's minus one, Poku's minus six, Baisley's minus ten. Uh, Isaiah Roby's the worst on the team at a minus thirteen and a half. This is according to cleaning the glass, so it's all relevant minutes. It's not uh, they cut out any garbage time minutes. Huh. I I mean it's yeah it's not surprising like he just brings it and he play, you know, especially in these eight man lineups, like the fact that they're hanging with the Lakers. And I know that there's a really high likelihood that the reason they're hanging with the Lakers is because they're a team that the Lakers don't take super seriously. And that's okay. Like it makes yeah. it for enjoyable basketball. The Thunder play the Nuggets tonight. Uh, and I'm not even sure that's the main course for today because at two o'clock on ESPN two, or I think it may be on ESPN U, but, Regardless, the Oklahoma City Blue, the Moses Brown Blue, are playing against Team Ignite in the G League at 2 o'clock, which yeah. is uh, Jalen Green and, and Kuminga. And, I think you need to switch the order in which you say those names. Yeah. Which one? You talking about uh, Moses Brown? <laughs> Mention Moses first, please. No, Kuminga, Kuminga and uh, Jalen Green. Yeah, we'll get... We'll, you wanna, we can go ahead and answer this question. You guys want to go to the question? Elman, you got the Y'all. question keyed up? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, well. Uh. <laughs> Great job. Okay, okay, okay. I have it. Okay. It's from at Will C. Galbraith, who wants to know, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green after the Ignite's first G League game? Uh, It's pretty clear to me that Kaminga is the guy that may rise up 
the draft broad pretty quickly. The fact, and mainly for me, is it's the fact that he passes as well as he did. Yes, um, it was just impressive. He's got a f- maybe the most physically, I don't know, gifted body of any of those guys. He's he's big. He's long. He's just Cade, really I mean, gifted Cade athletically. Too, but yeah, he's, him and Cade, he's up there. He's a little thicker than Cade, I would say, but. He's Dude, more of a small to... forward kind of body. Yeah, don't he's you a think? wing. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear something crazy that I heard? Anyway, it's just mm-hmm. impressive. Go ahead. Uh, he also reclassified. So he's supposed to be a senior this year in yeah. high school. Kaminga. Yeah. So he's young. But how do you have how do you have a body like that? As a senior yeah. in high school. I went to school with a lot of lot of little boys. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that it, it is it is crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, he was impressive. He was so good. I think you're right, Jay. He's I would not be shocked to see him even rise up to two. Um, mm-hmm. and even have the discussion. And if he continues to play like this, like if there's there could be a discussion like, oh, would you rather have a wing, like a dominant wing in the draft? I think there's an there's an argument for that. And Kate has been been great. I still think Kate should be number one. We've only seen I've only seen one game of Kaminga, but it was enough to make me think, okay, yeah. like I've seen Evan Mobley a bunch, and I'm like, okay, I think I think this is the guy that I would rather have. Um, well, and I think just going back to that point, I think you could see, I'm trying to think if it's Washington or Detroit, like if Detroit's really like, hey, we trust Killian to be our point guard, which I, who knows with Troy Weaver, yeah. but they felt like adding Cade would be redundant to what they need but they know they clearly have a need at the wing position. I could see somebody at least. And what I would do if I was a Detroit is if you're Oklahoma city and you're sitting at two and you know that Oklahoma city would kill to have Cade. Mm-hmm. Although it, I, I don't know between the two of those, I'm sure OKC would be pleased with both of them. But if, if somebody really wanted Cade, be like, Hey, we'll give you the one pick for two. And then your ninth pick or whatever it is that you get from Houston. Mm-hmm. And you can have the one pick just to make sure you can get Cade. Cause we're going to draft Cade. Even if, even if, you know, we think he's redundant, but we're going to draft him. But if you want him, we'll mm-hmm. take your ninth pick and your second pick and, and you can have him. We'll get Kaminga. Yeah. Like that's what I, I mean, you know, that's something like that. I, and I still, I think you could flip a coin and this is obviously probably some premature response in the sense of like, we watched one G league game of Kuminga, but it was that impressive to me. And we already knew who he, we thought he could be coming in. Uh, and, and it just was something like the, the, the IQ moments was what was like, Oh yeah. Uh, and so that's what kind of makes him kind of excited. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think we were expecting like a guy that could be a good offensive player, a guy that could defend, He's obviously has all the measurables that you'd want, but the the feel the feel was was it for me? Like the the mm-hmm. fact that he had tremendous feels. Like oh okay, like this this is something a little bit different, uh, and it made made me feel a little bit better about like talking about the top five guys as like all good candidates and like all like you'd want all five. And Jalen Green was was fine. He needs to sh- he needs to show a little bit more, but it's one game, so I'm not. Um, rushing to judgment on him. Yeah, and I think it's the other thing I would say is just watching the because I watched the blue game as well, and and it's it's the G League is still pretty hard to evaluate just because you have these young guys that you want to be able to see what they bring, and at the same time, like so, take that G League the Ignite game. 
at the same time, you have Jeremy Land, who's leading their team in scoring, Jarrett Jack and Bobby Brown, who are taking far too many shots. Yeah, that was and so it's like you, ha- you, you have these NBA guys that are trying to like make their way into the league or back into the league. Mm-hmm. And so they it's it's there's an incentive for you to show out. And yeah. so you have guys that like you would never think they're ever going to make a roster that are taking way more like Poku just faded into the kind of peripheral in that game because everybody else is shooting all the freaking time. That, yes, there is. There is absolutely that dynamic, Jay, where like Poku's like, he's got his contract. Like, he's got his rookie scale contract signed. He's going to be on the team for at least four years. That's a guarantee. And yeah, he doesn't have the same like, oh my gosh, if I don't show out, this is on TV. Like I I've I've gotta yeah. go get mine. And like I'm not we're not working the ball so we can get Poku some shots. That dude's got his contract. <laughs> like screw that guy. You know, I'm sure that there's a part of that. Even with like Moses Brown, um, there's probably some of that feeling there with him where it's like, yeah, I'm i I'm on a two way. Like I need to be good. I need to average this many points, this many rebounds, whatever. I even think like with a guy like Hami, who's really annoyed with Poku, and I understand him not wanting to play it, but it's like if you're one of these players that did not get a lot of minutes your rookie year and had to really work hard to get on the court, and then there's just this <laughs> this guy who looks like Poku looks, mm-hmm. and he just gets all these minutes and these shots, and you know it's clear that they want him to have the ball to develop. I mean, if you're Hami, I, understandably, you'd be very annoyed yeah. by that. And that's a guy who's already in the league. Poku's so playing I, in the G League like he's just glad to be there. Like, hey, it's kind of fun. This is cool. I got to know, go fishing, <laughs> hanging out in a bubble. I got to sweat in. <laughs> uh, he, I tell you this, though. I did watch, watching a little Poku, and I know there's uh, Chris Will 90 uh, asked the question, thoughts on Poku's first G League game. And since we are talking about it, yeah. Um, and Kyle Pan- Panabaker also asked the question, will Poku score 20 in, in a game in the bubble? I, I felt, you know, one of the fears that we had about him going to the bubble is like, if he still looks lost in the G League, then yeah. we may have uh, quite the issue on our hand. Yeah. And I didn't feel that. And watching him play, he did one little layup where it kind of looked like he was indecisive, but it ended up turning into kind of an unintentional alley-oop, which was fine. Uh but for the most part, he didn't look lost, which is kind of the primary thing I was hoping to see from his his experience in the G League. Because he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he was fine. I don't know. I've yeah. I'm excited he, to see more. He he didn't look incredibly different from the NBA Poku. Just, no, you know i I hope to see more. I mean, he was hope two of ten. More. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, his shooting is not quite there, but it, it's so funny because it looks so good. Like there's one where he somebody got called on a foul underneath on the pass out to him at the three point line and he shot it. And it was like, if that is ever what he can translate into a game, this guy could be like a 42, 43 percent three point shooter. But instead, he's like a eight percent three point shooter. <laughs> Single digits. Oh, man. Uh, anything else before we move on to the uh, the Tayshon's factoid? No. You want to you want to shout out? There's some people in the the chat. Yeah, we've got somebody joining us from Israel. We've got a uh, Yoni Kroll from Israel, and then you've got somebody wanted to shout out here. We're going to go down here to. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce your name, maybe, but Akil Chinuru. 
uh, who's getting a shout out today. So thanks for joining us live. Uh, people from Ardmore, which is great, great place. Stand up, Ardmore. All right, Luke, try to pronounce. Uh, look at this comment from Jessa freaking Kiwi. Okay, hold on. Let me. I, I know. Oh. <laughs> Jess African Kiwi. <laughs> Jess a freaking Kiwi. <laughs> okay, yeah. You see it? Yeah. All right, go on. Man, Manjor Gordup. Yeah, she says hi from Manjor Manjor yep. Gordup. You did it. She asked sure. us to please try to pronounce it. So. Here we go. Dave John's back toy figure in victory. Dave John's back toy figure in victory. Hello. Kawhi Leonard told Sports Illustrated he was a huge Iverson fan, saying, just seeing that team with the Sixers, bringing them to the finals and carrying them by himself, that really resonated with me. I thought that said a lot about Kawhi in that statement and how he feels about maybe his his current situation, even though he's there with Paul George and a lot of other really good players. He definitely sees himself as the type of player that would put a team on his back and carry them all by himself. So all this to say, what's something that resonates with you that says a lot about what you think without you actually saying it? I think this is a really hard question because I think you didn't look at it till just now. No, I looked at it last night, but it, yeah. but it's a very hard question because I don't know these things, you know, like he doesn't necessarily know that that like Kawhi doesn't know that that said that about him. I don't think, I think it does. I think he does. I don't think he said that knowing I'm going to be talking, you know, I'm, I don't think so. Okay. Taylor, give us that an example. Said, like, so what's your know. answer? Oh, I don't so. know what the things I say that uh, people like. Oh, <laughs> Do you have an answer, answer. Tayshon? Huh? Do you have an answer? Yeah, I have an example. It, it could be like, it could be like, oh man, those uh, those Arby's ads really resonated with me, or something. Or it could be, how do I say? <laughs> So that's all you have to do? Hold on. How do I say this? Be like, those Arby's ads really resonated with me. And then, uh, you know, I spent a lot of money on at a drive-thru or something like that. Uh, so clearly I didn't think of a good example either. I thought this was going to be easier to think, to, to say. Yeah. That's good. Well, What's I funny about this comment. What's funny about this comment with Kawhi is it's, there's two sides of it in the sense of like, it kind of maybe projects that he would rather not have another superstar, but he also pursued multiple superstars. Right. So it doesn't really speak that. But the other part is like, he, he never did that. Like, I guess with the Raptors, technically he would say he could do that, but he's been, he could have been that in San Antonio. Yeah. Like it's, it's a very weird in San Antonio. But I mean, if, if you remember that golden state series, that's exactly what that was. Yeah, well, I think it's so funny thinking about Allen Iverson because he was beloved, man, by a lot of people. Yeah, uh, mainly in the Philly era. I don't think anybody once he left Philly, it was like okay. Uh, but he would be. You want to talk about a guy that would not be treated well by the modern media narratives towards the NBA? Like he would just wasn't a. 
you know, kind of analytics style all-star. Mm-hmm. But he was incredible. And the reason is, is because he's, sim- he's so similar to Russ. We've talked about that connection a lot, but he's so similar to Russ just in the fact that he's just one of those guys that brings it. And and you never question really his heart in playing the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's why people kind of fell in love with him. But um, I don't know. What's something that I resonate with that really tells a story about who I am? I don't really know. That's a hard one to answer. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. Uh, someone Sorry. down here said Taylor looks like he resonates with Kenrich Williams mullet. So that's a good way to do it. Yes, <laughs> this is such a hard one, it, Taylor. You've you've really you've really. You, do you understand the logic of the of the question though? Yes, like sometimes uh, I like you know like I think <laughs> sometimes when people don't like someone. When they really don't like someone, like oh, I hate this this person. They they suck. It says so much more about them than it says about that person. Yeah. Hate. That's what yeah. I've been thinking about it, and I don't know. And I always think that those people don't necessarily see uh, that because their because their hatred is so like intense that they don't understand that it actually says more about them. Who it's are you blinding. Talking, who, who are you talking about right now, L man? <laughs> me man I, I just I just hate i just hate so many people i uh, think that answer says a lot about you without even you, without you realizing wow i hate, oh, I hate in my heart it's very meta this question is like devolving into like could get really serious in the sense of uh <laughs> never mind but like <laughs> there's people there. that like there's people that really resonate with like this new britney spears documentary that came out on yeah. hulu right and so i think a lot of it is because people Man, I really resonate with Brittany's story. It's either because they're from some sort of they were the one that was the the black sheep in a relationship that split or they were the ones that had a hard relationship with their parents. Like that's where this kind of question leads to for me. There's not a whole lot of things that are trivial to me that I would say I really resonate with that. And then it tells this like deep truth of myself. Uh, but but that's where like I feel like we're headed. OK, which is probably a good time for the L-Man deep dive. <laughs> well, wait, wait. I think maybe the better way that we should have done this is we tell each other things that we see that resonate with them. That says a lot about them. <laughs> Let me tell you something that resonates with you. No, I the think, thing we see that people resonate. With, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, my uh, I would say the Basketball Jones podcast really resonated with me back in the day, and yeah. we I went and watched them at Tree and Leaf, and I was like, like these guys are just having a blast talking hoops. Like I want to do that. Like I would, I'd like to do that. Um, Here you are, and so it, that I mean they. And they still do. I mean, it's crazy that we get to be on the same podcast network with those guys. Um, but yeah, they're still, I mean, they're still an inspiration to me today. Cause I, I mean, if we could ever make our pod as good as theirs or as big as theirs is, I mean, that's still, there's still always things to strive for, you know? And so. That, yeah, in that world, sure. like I think that's one of the reasons the Levitard show has stood out to me so much is because yeah. and the other thing for me personally, like why it resonates is I think they they balance all of the elements that I think are of high value, uh, not just in radio or, or in podcasting, but in really in the world, like they have the ability to to not take themselves so seriously, yeah. while at the same time being able to really dig into topics that have an incredible value for the society as a whole. And then they also can bring in content that's specific to their area of expertise with a lot of high quality too. And so that's one of the reasons like just, it just sparked whenever you talked about the no dunks guys, uh, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. 
I think you're right, Jay. Do y'all listen to, uh, oh gosh, How I Built This? <laughs> I have listened to it before, yeah. That really resonates with me. Uh, Hoopstock said, and now Andrew makes a million dollars a podcast and lives in Putin's palace. That's right. Oh, I thought that was uh, was poutine. (laughs) Poutine. Poutine palace. It's a Canadian (laughs) French fry gravy palace. Yeah, wet fries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what time it is? It's... It's actually not. I don't have one because we got to get straight to Twitter questions because we're not going to have very much. Is time. that why? Though? Yeah, that's why. That's why he's just that's being responsible. Why. Podcast host. That's this why. Is, oh, welcome, to so L Man's, welcome to L-Man's. Welcome to l kiddie pool, everybody. <laughs> I was top shotting all night. I didn't have time to dive. I didn't deep. have. I, have a, I had a whole week of top shotting. Couldn't even we'll think talk of about top shot, dude. I love. I. I. Oh yeah, I do this. Know. Yes, go. I like Top Shot. I'm on the Discord way too much because the Discord talks about drops and when they're going to be. And, and man, it's they've set up the Discord to where every person, so everyone on there can post. There's like 10,000 people on there at a time. But you can only post once every 10 minutes. Oh. Which is not conducive to conversation. <laughs> and so there is no conversation. And it's just people jumping in and trying to like, boost up the worth of their moments of like players they that are no good and they're like oh man these players going to the moon and it's just like oh my gosh it it, it is very very i spend way too much time on it trying to figure out when drops are gonna be oh man talk about your experience That's with what we're wanting to hear about your, your, packs. your packs last night no my packs last night I want to cuss because they were very bad in, in my description of them. They were bad. A bad word for poop. They were. Dog poop. They were bad. They were. I didn't get any good ones. So let me give a little backstory while we're doing this. At about 11 o'clock. Uh, Everyone's polls were good except for me. And Luke, Luke, sends out, Luke sends out a text. It's there's a drop in four minutes. Everybody jump on. And so I jump on, Andrew jumps on and, and Alex jumps on. And so we all get a pack. Luke was early enough in the queue that he got to go back through and get a second pack. I was literally top 100 in the queue. So he had, he had six, six different pools that could have been the moneymaker and all of them were garbage. They, They were cuss word bad. (laughs) <laughs> I want to cuss, but out of respect were. for the dunkers, <laughs> we, I'm not. We did it live. You could go watch it on our Periscope feed on uh, at uh, Down to Dunk. And uh, there were a lot of people in there saying, L-Man is taking some L's. Now we know why he's called the L-Man. Uh, <laughs> the Big L. The Big L is a nickname that I, has begun last night. No, it <laughs> has not. <laughs> It's not the big L. The big L. It is not that. It is not that. Also, it was very frustrating because I was opening my packs on my phone, and they don't open correctly on my phone. So Mm -hmm. I I had to figure, like, I had to figure out how to find them, and it was just. I did not pay for my house. That's let's just. This say is that. a this is a good time for us to just go ahead and mention that we're having a Kickstarter to get Luke a laptop 
or iPad. We just feel like it's something that would really help him in his development. He is a lawyer and <laughs> is doing really well, but we just felt like, you know, he's not ever going to do it. So why don't we just take the, uh, I've and always the had a desktop. He will. But the problem Jay is that he will leave the laptop in whatever location that he's yeah, not yeah. in. So oh, I'm here thing. in the city, but it's in Stillwater. Oh, I left it. I left it. I've always had a desktop. And here's the thing. Laptops, from my experience, from watching all my friends have them, they burn out in about <laughs> two to three years. <laughs> right? Bro. No. no. Yes, they do. I have had my my current desktop go like nine years. Yeah, I had, my la- I had my last laptop for eight years. Yeah, I had my last laptop from when I was a senior in high school. You guys are liars. No. You guys are liars. I Also, I can't believe you literally only experienced the internet on your phone. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's how you, that's how uh, every, is that not how you do it? No. Let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now we're back from that quick break. <laughs> and we're back. I just want people, people who are watching this, like, I want you to know that Luke, this isn't, this is not an act. This is not a caricature, caricature that he portrays. No. This is, this is the big L man. I don't know. What does L. that mean? What does that mean? The big L dude. Dude. No, it's not. I am not the big L. You are. You're the big L. No, Kirk T. We didn't give the, you you can't chat. choose your nickname. I literally can, and I have, and it's the <laughs> L man. Kirk T. has has given you. He has anointed you the big L man. The big L man. I don't like He's it. <laughs> the only way to get like rid it. of this nickname is I to open some good packs. You got to open a good pack live. Live, you have to, and maybe on I the computer. Try, uh, I tried to buy the legendary pack and it was I oh didn't God. get it. Twitter questions. Hey, our first Twitter question comes from at I am Kev Kev Bot, who wants to know what's the NBA's worst contract and what asset would have to be attached for you to pull the trigger on acquiring it. 
Can I say this without being like hated by the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base? <laughs> You're going to take the words right out of my mouth. So say it. Say it. Russell Westbrook is the worst contract in the oh, NBA. Oh, come on, Jay. It's Everything just, he's it, done for us. <laughs> I'm not sure. I love, I love Russell Westbrook, but that contract, man. And he, and unless something happens in this season in Washington where he returns to an all pro level, which, you know, it's crazy to remember. He was, on the all NBA team last year. He was. Yeah. But man, it's been brutal. Uh, he's had a few games where he's looked like himself, but man, it's, and if you don't like, if you're not following them, if you're just following Fred, Fred gives a pretty honest uh, evaluation of what Russell's bringing on night to night. And it's just been bad. Uh, anyway, and Draymond Green is somebody Miyagi just mentioned in the, in the comment. Yeah, it's fine. It's just not as gigantic as Russ's feels. Yeah, Dray- wait, someone thinks Draymond's uh, contract is bad? Draymond's, Clay Thompson's, like the Warriors, mm-hmm. I mean, they do have some bad contracts. They're just not. Uh, yeah, I not mean, at least bad. they're in contention, though. Is it, Or not, not in contention, excuse me. At least if everyone's healthy, it all kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, would you rather, for next season, would you rather have Russ or Clay Thompson? Right. Clay and had Achilles injury and Achilles and a knee injury back to back. But still, would you rather have Russ or Clay Thompson? Yeah, he's got. I mean, Clay's is pretty big. He's got three years left, thirty-seven next year, forty and forty-three uh, for the next two after that. I mean, that's a pretty substantial contract for a guy that you don't know what he can be. I know they're both scary. Uh, Fred sent this to me last night of thirty-five qualifying players who are finishing at least two plays. A game in isolation. According to Second Spectrum, Russell Westbrook has both the worst effective field goal percentage in those isolations, 35.2%, and the highest turnover rate, 20.7%. It's, he's just had a rough season so far. And I'm, I hope he can get better. I hope that things get better for Washington. But that team is very, very bad. Um, and to take back Russell's contract... Um, it would it would be an illogical trade from the standpoint of the Wizards, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I would basically ask for what the Thunder got when they traded Russ initially: two first rounders and two pick swaps. You know, that's that's what I would ask for from Washington, and there's no way they would do that because um, it would basically just be for like Horford and other stuff. Yeah, and it's also like it's pretty clear that the Wizards are. They're going to go all in to try to be something, uh, which I debate that. I don't think it's really debatable that they should probably go a different direction at this point in their franchise. But, you know, even the addition of Russ this summer and then just the refusal to even acknowledge the possibility of trading Bradley Beal is just they're going all in to try to be whatever they can be. And mm-hmm. it's going to set their franchise up for a lot of pain uh, for quite a while um, unless something turns. And I think that there's, I think without Thomas Bryant this year, like, I mean, it, I don't know what they're going to be this year, man. And then to add a top draft pick with a team that is trying to be good now. And I don't know, it just is very complicated future for the wizards. Yeah. It's just what the wizards have been for 50 years. It's funny. I'm looking at a list of uh, worst contracts that was put out right before this season. And number number two is Russell Westbrook. And number one is John Wall. 
And yeah. even just so far this season, it's very clear that those two have swapped. Yeah, John has flipped the script on that. He's been really, yeah. he's been really good, and like a super good leader. I think. I don't know that they would do this, and I don't know if it was even possible with how things were going in Washington. But I think they might look back at that and say, maybe we should have just kept John. <laughs> Jeez, and John Wall means a ton to that community as well. Yeah. Uh, John didn't want to be traded from the Wizards. Uh, and so I just wonder if, if they, in hindsight, if they would have just said, yeah, we're, we're good. It's hard, man. I think that the John Wall trade in the moment, like, because you just didn't know what you had. And I think there were some question marks about work ethic and stuff like that. And if you were trying to shift the culture of a franchise, Russ could do that. Like Russ brings energy and effort and, oh. and cha- can change a culture and all that stuff. I think that no there was, doubt. it was a gamble that was worth taking. Yeah. Uh, it just is not paying off. And, and honestly, like Rosillo said it the other day, they're only a few games out of the play in game. Yeah. You know, like there is still a possibility if they get on a run and figure things out. It just, there's nothing in the last three months that would make you think that, that that's there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. The problem is like it's, <clears throat> yeah. The problem is it Russ just hasn't looked good for more than three games this year. It's it's rough, and he's got yeah. two two years after this year on his contract. Yeah. It's it's it, it makes me sick after all Russ did for you after all Russ did for the Thunder for you to accurately judge his season <laughs> makes me sick. <laughs> For you to be impartial about Russ makes me want to throw up. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move on to our next Twitter question. And then after this, I got to go. It comes from at Tiger Gatewoods, who wants to know, can we get Taylor to take back what he said about the Thunder not being fun? This week, we saw the Thunder take the defending champions to overtime twice in a row. Led by super scrappy Hom Hom, Kenny Buckets, Step Back, Hom and Dort Face. What more do you want? Dort Face. What more do I want? Um, it's been more fun. I'll say that. I mean, I know right after uh, that podcast, not right after, but I think it was last week when they had the lineup of, what was it? SGA, Kenrich, Lou Dort, Baisley. Who's the fifth? I don't know. With basically at the five. Remember that starting lineup? Anyway, it was a very fun starting lineup. Tommy. Was uh, Teo in that one? Yes, and Teo. That's right. And I thought that was really fun. And the offense looked good and their defense looked good. Uh, this was against Minnesota. Um, and I thought that was fun. I thought the Lakers game was fun. But uh, they still have some they still have some work to do. Okay, I gotta go. Bye guys. I also got to go. Guys, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Don't 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 drive crazy, L man. Oh, I'm going to. L man, are you pooping? <laughs> Bye guys. Have a great great Friday. Bye. <laughs> there he is. He's God. <laughs> this is live. The whole world is seeing this, man. Bye. <laughs> What has he been doing? <laughs> oh, wow. It just turned into the Andrew and Jay show just real fast. Sweet. Here we go. 
So next Let's question. Let's do some Twitter questions. <clears throat> Let's go through some Twitter questions. This is from at OKC Miffed. With Ariza, Jackson, Miller, Muscala, and Hill, and Horford, eh, maybe coming off the books this summer, who do we plan on paying? What sort of contract should we offer Hamadou Diallo? Uh, we have to pay someone, right? Yeah, based on current projections, even with Al Horford on the books, they're going to have like they're going to be at sixty million <laughs> in total way, salary for a way, team. Way under the floor, yeah. Uh, and I think that you're going to see this is it, it's hard because there aren't as many toxic. I mean, we've already talked about a few of them, but you know, I, even looking at all of those bad contracts we talked about, like the Warriors aren't going to try to get Draymond off their books by sending him to Oklahoma City no. and a future first. No. Um, but I do think that this does open up Oklahoma City to the potential of adding some contracts that people do want to get off of for more flexibility and mm-hmm. potentially getting more assets down the line. And there is a place where they're going to eventually have to sign Shea. They're going to have to sign. I mean, they will. I think they'll. I, I mean, I'd love to hear your opinion on what they're going to do with Diallo. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I think we need to see more from him first off before we before any decision is is made or even a thought of like how much. But I mean, I don't think like a four for forty-four or four for forty-eight is unreasonable for him at this point. If he continues down this path, uh, potentially more, there may be somebody that's willing to pay more for for Hami than that, and the Thunder may let him walk. Um, but I don't know. I think that I'm I am very interested. We did uh, tons of Hami compliments on Wednesday just the whole pod just felt like a homie pod because he's been that good uh but yeah I would not be surprised if there's like a, if there's a team that's maybe very interested in Victor Oladipo or something and they need to offload 10 million dollars you know the Thunder will raise their hand and say hey give us a protected first or like two seconds or something and we'll take it just send it our way whatever it is and they can just be I mean, and they did this before. This is what they did uh, prior to like the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook um, contending teams. Is they were just kind of a dumping ground for bad contracts. And they said, "All right, you have to you have to give us Eric Maynard if you want to give us this big contract." <clears throat> so I would. There, you were right initially, Jay, that they're going to continue to do this. They're going to continue to just be this team that's going to try to acquire assets and. Um, that's that's what they're going to be. But yeah, it is it will be they're going to have a ton of flexibility and with that kind of flexibility it's not a oh we're going to sign free agents flexibility. It's a hey, how can we use this to our advantage? Um and signing signing guys in free agency to sign a guy in free agency that's above a minimum for the Thunder is will undoubtedly be an overpay and the Thunder aren't just going to go out and try to overpay for somebody. Yeah, and I think the other thing looking at the last decade of this team is they utilized the the years when they were underneath the salary cap where they were making, you know, an extra amount of money comparatively. Yeah. They used that to pad their finances for the seasons that they went over the cap. So it wasn't a stressful thing for them mm-hmm. because there were multiple years where they were making maximum amounts of profit on this team. Yeah. And then when they pay the luxury tax, it tax, it kind of was a wash. And so I think that if you're looking back at the way they have functioned as an indicator of how they will function, I think it's pretty easy to say that, that they're going to utilize some of these years where they're at and they have to get to the floor. Uh, and that's, that's real. But, but I do think that, 
that you're going to see them kind of stockpiling some of their assets and or some of their their finances in order for the season because there's eventually a point if they hit the same way this how people can't get this is the plan is relatively the same hit on a couple big draft picks which means what in four years they're going to have an extension and then they're going to have a yeah. eventually some sort of max extension like that's the goal and you have to maintain financial flexibility in order to do something like that you know so it's mm-hmm. for me it's eventually spend money again so while you're in this rebuild replenish retool season you want to just not just go out there and spend money on insane free agents for no reason and that's not really ever been oklahoma city's thing anyway no i mean you look back even to 2010 when there were a ton of good free agents available the Thunder were not in the mix, and and they probably weren't in the mix just because they weren't in the mix. But like they could have tried to throw a bunch of money at like David Lee or David West or Chris Bosh or somebody, and they weren't going to get any of those guys. But you could have heard reports that like yeah, the Thunder are making a big push to try to sign David Lee. You know they and they could have done it, and you know but that's never been their mo. And it, I don't. I don't think it will ever be. I mean, they signed like they signed Nick Collison to his big deal, and everybody's like, "What? What are they doing with the cap space?" Yeah, um, yeah. And Hoops Talk sixty nine said that they actually don't have to reach the salary floor, which is true. They can just pay. You have to pay into. Uh, you have to pay to get to something because you have to. Everybody, so, yeah, there's the, an equitable kind of way that you have to do salary. I can't remember the language for it, but yeah, the difference between the whatever the difference is between where you're at and the salary floor, that money just goes to the players. Yeah. Um, is, is how you do it. So I'm sure the players are like, yeah, don't sign anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give, take a check. Give us more money. A little bonus for the Thunder not spending money. Uh, at Ross B wants to know, I went to Tankathon to simulate, and this is the first result. Indulge my fantasy. Who would OKC take in this situation, and what would the team look like? So the, the picks are the Thunder get the number one pick, and they get the number two pick via Miami. Uh, I would, I would, I might, Cade I, I and might, Kaminga and then I might pass away. Get, get ready. I might, <laughs> For real. I might just die like on the spot. If that happened in the lo- lottery night, I just, I may no, no longer exist. I might just evaporate. Yeah. I'll tell you, we were, ta- we heard this a couple nights ago, but we were texting about the lottery and it's uh, really, since we became a podcast, we really haven't been that lottery centric because they've been, we started the pod I mean, after we went doing, to the finals. Yeah. So we've been doing, we've been doing this for, for a long enough to where they've been good majority of the time. And there's been like some fun ones where the thunder had the 11th pick or whatever, the year they got Steven Adams, the year they got campaign, like all of those things. But if you look at, Probably one of the highlights of the next, it could be a highlight or a low light of the next three or four months is going to be they're going to do the draft lottery. And there's a chance that Oklahoma City is going to have two opportunities for top 10 picks, because if you're watching Houston uh, and just for clarification, Oklahoma City will get the best pick between the best two picks between theirs, Houston and Miami's, unless Houston gets in the top three, Mm -hmm. top three or top four protected Four, And so top four. And it looks like Houston is going to be in that range between my. Unless they lucked out in the lottery, which if it's rigged, they wouldn't want to give Tillman Fertitta any sort of love. Uh, but between four four to 11 is where I would assume that the Houston pick's going to land. Yeah. And so there's a chance that on the lottery night that we're going to see Oklahoma City's 
I mean, it's going to be the biggest night of the next three months for an Oklahoma City fan. And and you'll know early on, like, okay, well, Houston jumped because they're not at the eight range, which is where they would be locked into, or Oklahoma City jumped. Um, but I still I, I still think that Oklahoma City is going to have a really good shot at being in that top three, four range. I mean, they're already sixth on, if you look at Tankathon, like they're in that six range right now. And, and there's a bunch of teams that are kind of tied up there. We don't know what the future looks like for a bunch of them, but the lottery is going to be like, we're going to live stream it. And if, if the world is any different, we may even do like a live gathering somewhere, you know, and, and yeah. just get together and watch it because it's going to be high intensity anticipation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So if they get one and two for me is you get Cade and you get Kaminga and then you just get ready. Cause Shea, Cade, Kaminga, Baisley, Dort, like, that's some, that's some exciting future. That would be unbelievable. I just and I, I know a lot, a lot of people are talking about bigs because then you you do you, you you need a big. I think you can find some bigs in those later, like if we get the Warriors pick at twenty or whatever. Yeah, I think that you you could find a big that would be serviceable for the future at twenty. Or uh, or, or pick somebody the last up time and, around as you trade for one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, maybe the maybe not the Perkins. Like, I'm not trading Kaminga for Perkins necessarily, <laughs> but you are not trading Baisley for Perkins. Like, Bays would probably <laughs> no. be the uh, the Jeff Green of that situation, perhaps. Yeah, uh, we'll go a couple more, and then we'll go. Uh, this is from at Rob Spence O two, my guy Robbie. He asked, "What's the weirdest place you've encountered a DTD listener?" He said, "I got." I got a free personal training session at my gym here in Dallas, and the trainer is a huge Thunder and Down to Dunk fan. Shout out to Andy at Equinox. I, I'm trying to think. The weird one, so I'm a, I think everybody maybe knows this, but I am a pastor at a church. Mm-hmm. And so to find, like, there's actually been people in my church that didn't know it was me. Yeah. And then made the connection either when we did some sort of video thing or, or something else. And it was like, wait, you're that guy. And you're, I'm like, and then you looked yes. at him and you said, it's Jay. It's Jay. Well, and it's funny because like there's times, uh, some of it is I've tried to do it a little more in confidentiality, mainly because of uh, some of the things Luke and Taylor do on the podcast. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've run into people like that or like it, it, it will, I don't know if there's ever a point where it will stop being, like humbling and exciting whenever mm-hmm. people figure out who we are, you know, like, mm-hmm. or, or know us and listen to us. Like, it's a weird thing to experience. And I know for you, Andrew, that's got to be a total, like way more of an involved experience. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, definitely the weirdest encounter was um, after the movie Coco, Disney's Coco, I I just straight up cried at the end of that movie. Just straight Fantastic up. Fantastic movie. Straight up cried. So I'm walking out of the theater, cried, cry face. And some guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, are you Andrew Schleich? I was like, yeah, who are you? Did, you? did I drop my wallet or something? Do you have my wallet? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm a big down to dunk fan. And I'm like, oh, great. So glad. So good. <laughs> Coco, I'm trying to think of how many Disney movies make me cry, but Coco was definitely oh, it's high a, on that list. Oh, it's such a good movie. It's such a good Up, movie. Up, obviously. Up basically was created for adults to cry. <laughs> I know. 
That's, that's a really good one. Uh, Vangelo wants to know best frozen dessert, ice cream, popsicle, froyo, snow cone. A different one, dude. I went to. Uh, speaking of, so last night we, we have a celebration on February 11th every year, and I'll just keep that in my private life. But uh, as part of it, we went to Andy's Frozen and Custard, Ooh. which you're going to be shocked by this, but in the middle of the worst winter weather in the history of our state, not a lot of people going to get frozen custard. <laughs> so we went to Andy's. We were like the only people there and pulled up in line. And they did this thing. It was like cookies, fr- frozen custard and caramel. And oh my oh, gosh, yeah. I think that maybe Andy's might be number one for me. It's, it's unbelievable. It was, I, I was very glad when they uh, decided to sponsor us back in the day. That was crazy. That was just like a, a fever dream I had. Like, what if Andy sponsored us? <laughs> and so I just continued to bother this poor girl that does advertising stuff for them. And eventually they said, yes, it was great. It was great. Um, anything else, Jay, before we go? If we're going to the weekend, I don't know. The Thunder play Milwaukee on Sunday, and I don't know if the game will happen. Uh, because this winter weather is supposed to get really wild. Um, so I'm interested to see if that game even occurs. They do play Denver tonight in Denver. Uh, it should be, that should be a very interesting game. They play at eight o'clock and, uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Jay, anything else before we go? Yeah, I have, I I do want to just make sure we mention this one question and Andrew, I'd like an answer for you immediately on the pod. So from at trust the void, asks if we get two of the top four picks in 2021 will andrew get a tattoo of a tank i've made tattoo promises before i gotta think still waiting on that deon waiters one i know i know i was very close i had serious conversations with my wife about getting um deon waiters tattooed on my butt but um did not happen so it's a it's a blessing and also a curse to a degree the only way they could get two top four picks, though, is if it's Miami's pick that gets in the top four. Yeah, because yeah. Houston is protected. So Definitely. it's not a likelihood that you would get a tank. Maybe two top five picks. What if it's like a tiny tank, a very very small tank? I would get a tank tattoo, no problem. Well, I know Come you on. would, but I mean that'd be my first one, Jay. It'd <laughs> be a weird one to start with. Just a giant tank across my chest. <laughs> Just yeah, this. You are you are the. Uh, you are the tank commander, man. Like not in the sense of like the way we used to use that language, but yeah. there's nobody that's kept that reminder in front of the fan base more than you. And uh, I know it costs you a lot of psycho behavior, but <laughs> it does. But it's the right it's the right thing to do. Like it's so evident that this is what you have to do in order to be this franchise for the fan- franchise's future. Yeah. So I don't. I, it's crazy to me that people can't understand that. But yeah. Well. People will figure it out eventually. Thanks so much for listening to our pod. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys again on Monday.